four lines from the bottom. Just to review, we had the last Amid, we had a Machloikis Tanoim, whether you could have a predated get. Rav Shimon is okay with a predated get, Rabban or not. We had a Machloikis, Rav Yechon Yishlokish, according to Rav Shimon, that you could have a predated get. Is there a certain length of time that's a problem? So Rav Shlokish said 10 days or more is an issue. Rav Yechon said 10 days or more is fine. Rish Lakish felt 10 days or more is a problem because if there's 10 days between the writing and the delivery, we're afraid that they might have reconciled for a night and had relations rendering the get possible. Rav Yechonah was not concerned about that. Fine. Then we had a side, another machloikas in Rav Yechonah Rish Lakish. What if a person says to 10 people, Kulchem, write a get for my wife. Kulchem, kiss get le'ishti. So everyone agrees all 10 have to sign. The machloikas is, are the two of them edim and eight of them are just signing to fulfill the stipulation or all 10 of them signing uh, as Adam. We said, what's the nafkamina? One of the nafkaminas would be, what if two of them sign today and eight of them sign the next day? If you hold that all 10 of them are Adam, then it's a predated get because they weren't all signed the day that it was written. If you hold that eight of them are just filling a tanai, but two of them are the Adam, then you could have eight people sign the following day. So that was the background of yesterday's Amid in a nutshell. So the Gemara says a story. There was a certain person who told 10 people, kiss will get lishti, mamish this case, and two people signed that day, and eight people signed uh, two days later. So it's mamish our case. So we said, it will be machlekes, of yechon rish lakish. So also the comment of Rabbi Shumalevi, he asked Rabbi Shumalevi, what's the psaq? Amalei, so you go to the next page, he says, Kedai Rabbi Shumalevi, he says, you know what? This is a predated get, meaning all ten are Edom, it is a predated get, but Rabbi Shimon is Kedai to be Saimachan, so it's a predated get, but you can be Saimachan Rabbi Shimon, meaning he's passing and Rabbi Shumalevi is looking at it that all ten are Edom, so really it is a predated get, but he's holding like Rabbi Shimon that a predated get is fine. Okay. But wait a minute. It seems to be that the Gemara says that he was, Rav Yishuban Levi would be lenient. Yeah, that Rav Yishuban Levi was lenient even if the eight of them remained or signed 10 days later. So he's saying you could be Saimich on Rav Shimon, that a predated get is fine. But wait a minute, I thought Rav Shimon, according to Rish Lakish, is only lenient if there's a gap of less than 10 days. So why are you being lenient like Rav Shimon, even when there seems to be a gap of greater than 10 days? So the answer to that is, He holds like Rav Yechanan, that Rav Shimon would be lenient with a predated get, even if there's a greater gap of 10 days. But wait a minute, if you hold like Rav Yechanan, then they're not all Edom anyway, Right? Rav Yechonah is the one who holds that when you say 10 of them to sign, only 2 of them are Edom, 8 of them are not, so it's fine anyway, right, the case is 2 of them signed today, 8 of them signed 2 weeks later so they ask Rav Shumalevi, he says you can be Samachan of Shimon, it's a predated get I, I thought Rav Shimon is only Mekel if it's less than 10 days, the answer is, he holds like Rav Yechonah's version of Rav Shimon that you could be Mekel even if it's greater than 10 days if you hold like Rav Yechonah, Rav Yechonah holds that only two of them are Edim, so there's no problem anyway. This whole discussion is only according to Rish Lakish. So the Gemara says, So for that, he holds like Rish Lakish, meaning he holds like Rish Lakish that all ten are Edim, but he doesn't hold like Rish Lakish regarding that a predated get is only good with less than ten days. So he holds like Rav Yechonah for one, Rav Yechonah for the other, Rish Lakish for one, Rish Lakish for the other, but he doesn't 
he doesn't put it all together. I mean, according to Rav Yechonon, this thing would not be a problem anyway. Um, but he holds like Rav Yechonon in one regard and Rish Lakish in another regard. But either way, he's lenient. Okay, the rest of the daf is uh, a new sugya, uh, very, very easy. I mean, I think so. So the Kemara says like this. Um, it's a Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Bechol Kaisvim. You could write again with any type of uh, ink. Bidyoy, uh, it could be ink. Bissam, paint. Bissikra, red ink. Bikumis, type of gum. Kankantim, some sort of copper ink. Bechol Davashuk Shalkayama. Anything that is that lasts, anything that's not like, that doesn't fade instantly. But in Kaisvin Loi Bemashkin, you can't write with liquids, like with uh, vegetable water, you can't write with that because it might make a mark for a couple minutes, but it'll fade pretty quickly. and not with fruit juice. You can't write with anything that won't last. You could write the get on anything. On a detached leaf, right? It can't be attached because that's a separate issue, but it could be a detached leaf. You could even write it on the horn of a cow and then you just give her the whole cow. That's that's the form of giving her the get. And you give her the cow. You could write it on the hand of a slave and give her the whole slave. So that's the that's the Tanakhama Shita. Rav Yaisiyah clearly disagrees. He says, no, you can't write on anything that's living, so a cow and a slave are out. And you cannot write it on food either. Uh, the Gemara will obviously elaborate what the source for this is. Okay, so quickly the Gemara just runs through what are these materials of ink and gum and all these things. Dioy is diuta, okay, black ink. Sam is sama, a type of uh, paint. Sikra, Amravchana, is Sakartishma, it's called Sakartak, and they knew what these materials were, so it helped them. Kumis is Kuma, it's a type of gum. Kankantim, Amrabarchan, Amrishmul, Khartadushkri. It's a shoe shoemaker's uh, ink. They used to use it to polish, a shoemaker's polish. Okay. Now, fine. The Mishnah then said you could write with anything, behold Abishum Skyim. You could write with anything that lasts. La Suyimai, what is the Mishnah trying to include? La Suyu had the Tanar of Chia. It's a chanina. It's adding where a chanina taught, which is kasvu b'meitaria. If you write a get with dirty rainwater or afatsa or walnut juice, kosher, it's kosher. Okay, fine. Those things, I guess, lasted longer than other things. Fine. Tanir chier of chia adds kasvu be'aver. If you write with lead or b'shachar or with charcoal or b'shichar or with a shoemaker's ink, kosher. All of these are valid forms of inks. For the get, okay. Now, now the Gemara takes a, a, a second and turns to the laws of Shabbos, and then we'll come back to ink for the laws of Gin. Itmar, Hamavr Dioy Al Gabi Sikr B'Shabbos. Let's say you have two letters that are black ink. Uh, I'm sorry, two letters that are red. That are red, red letters. You have Aleph and Bays written in red. Now the Gemara perceived that writing in red was a um, uh, was a lesser form of writing because it wasn't as chashiv of an ink. It was considered, it was considered writing. If you do write Aleph and Bez on Shabbos, right? two letters on Shabbos, you chayiv, chayiv Misa, right? It's a desecrated Shabbos, that's Kaiser. If you write two of them in red ink, you're chayiv. We're going to see in the Gemara, if you write over it, it's only considered Kaiser if you're writing a superior form of writing. Right? If you take red ink and you write over it with red ink, you just trace on top of it. That's not anything on Shabbos. You're not accomplishing anything. It has to be accomplishing. So if you write it, if it's... If, uh, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you if you write on top of it, for it to be koisiv, min it has to be a superior form of writing. So the case is over here, you have two red letters and you're writing, you're tracing over those letters in black. 
So the Mishnah says, for two transgressions in this action. First for writing, because black ink is considered superior to red ink. So therefore it's considered a superior form of writing. And you're erasing at the same time because you're covering up the two red letters. So you're chayiv for koyisiv and moichik at the exact same time. That's their shita. But what about diyoyal gabi diyoy, black on top of black? So you have black letters, you just trace over it. Or sikra gabi sikra, red on top of red? Potter. That's potter. You didn't do anything. At least minatayra, you're not accomplishing anything because you didn't add to it at all. Now here's the kasha. What if I write red over black? So the top letters are, are inferior. So you're not going to be koyisiv. The question is, is it erasing? Is it at least or you're not because the top writing is considered inferior. So the question is though, but you are covering up the black. I mean somewhat. You could probably see it through it a little bit, but you are covering it up. Why does it matter if it's inferior? It's because you're only chayiv for koisiv if it's considered a uh, um, a, a positive improvement. Correct. Even though if you write on white paper red ink, you are chayiv there, right? So Correct, because compared to nothing, that's an improvement. But but bl- red on top of black is not an improvement from a... a uh, and the letters a, were already there anyway. Correct. So the Gemara says, Sikra Gabit you write red over black ink. Omri l'chayiv, omri l'pater. So machlaik is whether you're chayiv on Shabbos or Potter. So now you're not going to be chayiv for koisiv. So why would you be chayiv? Omri l'chayiv, mishamoichiku. Because you're erasing. Because you're covering up the black letters. So you're erasing the black letters. Okay. So why would you be Potter? Omri l'pater. But some say you're Potter. Mekalkalhu. Because they say... This is considered an act, because the top letters are inferior, it's considered not an act of mechika, it's an act of destruction. It's like I said before, it's like you mentioned that you have to have some improvement. Over here there's no improvement, and it's considered a mechalkal, it's considered a destruction. There are the Mesech Shabbos, and just in general halacha, to understand what's mechalkal and what's not mechalkal. It's very hard. It's very hard to pinpoint exactly why this is mechalkal and not meichik. But the Gemara says that according to the second opinion, this is not considered an act of mechika, because it's, it's more considered an act of, uh, of destruction. I mean, every moichik is really act of destruction. It's just moichik amenas lichta, if that makes it improvement. Yeah, I'm sorry? In the case of black on top of red, I'm still moichik. What's the difference? No, no, meaning the, the reason why is because over there, the act of mechika is itself a, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what's it? Inferior, or superior. It's a superior action, meaning you, it's an improvement. Right, even right, even for moichik, right, it ha- it's only chayiv if it's moichik amenas lichtov. It has to erase in order to write. It has to be an act of improvement, even through the act of erasing. So when you write black on top of red, so because that's an inferior form of writing, the act of the act of erasing black, it's it's superior. The words are It's a superior form of writing. Therefore, it's considered an act of improvement from the perspective of erasing. But when it's red on top of black. It's sort of just destroying the letters as opposed to erasing the letters. It's a subtlety. It's a very, it's a big subtlety in Lumdis. I would understand that, that you're erasing in order to write something new. That's mochik. But if you're if you're not going to be able to put anything in this new place, then, then it's not mochik. No, but, but the answer is because so you guys ask Akasha, the first case, right? You write black on top of red. Why is that mochik? It's not amenas lichta. The answer is it is because the act of mechika is itself an act of ksiva. Over here, the act of mechika is not. Therefore, it's mochik shalom. Which is mechalkal. I think that's how they perceive it. That, that, I think that's that's the perception. And that's why inferior and superior is so important because when you get into the 13th century and have to start with the illuminated manuscripts where colors are used, 
it, then colors became superior. It also helps if I can remember to use the proper inferior and superior words at the proper time in the oh, sentence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, let's go back to the Gemara. Oh. What happens if you have uh, Adam that don't know how to sign? So we had this before, so now we're going to go through the whole sugya. So, can I write, can I write their names in red, and they'll trace over it with black ink? Meaning, for the laws of Shabbos, it's kaisiv. The question is, is that for the laws of, for Edom, is it enough? Ksav Elyon Ksav, is writing on top of another writing a Ksav, in a Ksav, or is it not? not Meaning, if you write it in red, and then they trace over it in black, it's not considered a signature of Adam. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. You just told me that for Shabbos, you think it's a Ksav, so if it's a Ksav for Shabbos, why not? Because I thought of something, you want to act on it? Meaning, I'm not sure. It makes sense. So for Shabbos, which you're being strict, Okay, so I would say that it's maybe a ksav. Meaning Rashi explains, even Rav Yechon would not say you could bring a carbon based on this. Rav Yechon was just saying, it's probably Michal Shabbos. Meaning, you should, Suffolk Doraisa, don't do it. You want to tell me, though, to be lenient, to allow a get to be written this way? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not confident. Meaning, it's, 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 it was a svara. I'm not going to practically uh, act on this to say that the top form of ksav is an actual ksav. Okay. So now the Gemara will introduce a discussion as to what do you do if the Edom don't know how to, how to sign. So how do you help them? So they're illiterate. So itmar, Edom shinyoidim lachtav. You have a get where the Edom don't know how to sign. So there's a couple of options. Rav says a stencil, which is you rip the get and they fill it in. By the way, probably the way they would do it is they would have a stencil on top of it with the names cut out. You put it on top of the get and they just fill it up. They color it in. That's how you do it. Shmuel says you use lead. Because lead is not a form of ksiva, and then they write over the lead. But wait a minute, didn't we have before that lead, if you write, if you sign your name with lead, it's kosher. So Gemara says, You're telling me that they write with lead, and then they trace over it. Sorry. That we just got finished saying that if you sign a get with lead, it's kosher. So that means that if the first person, if they write it with lead, that means that it was already signed. It's too late. So the answer is like kasha. When we say lead is kosher, it's only with lead mixed with water. Because that apparently is a form of ksiva that's more that's more of a um, um, that's more of a form of ksiva, but just lead on its own is not. Now what exactly is the difference? Apparently lead on its own just darkens the paper, but it doesn't actually write anything. Not 100 percent sure exactly the lumdus. Uh, the lead is not mixed with water, it does not qualify as ink. Ink means uh, um, a darkening agent with a liquid. I guess it doesn't absorb as well. An aver on top. I, I'm thinking just lead pencils, but I, it could, maybe their lead is a little different. An aver on top, just without water, that just will darken the paper, but won't actually write on the paper. So therefore, what you do is you take lead, you write on the paper, it's not a form of ksiva, and then they write over it. Okay, another alternative, Ravomer, may milin, write with gallnut juice. Take gallnut juice, write with it, that's not a form of ksiva, and then they sign over it. But wait a minute, I thought we said gallnut juice is a way to write. The Gemara says, we just got finished saying that if you write with dirty rainwater or gallnut juice, it is a form of ksiva. So is gallnut juice a form of ksiva or not? The answer is like kashem. The answer is their parchments used to be treated with gallnut juice. If it's treated with gallnut juice, then it'll absorb the gallnut juice and it won't actually be a form of ksiva. If it's not treated with gallnut juice, then when you write with gallnut juice, it will be, it will absorb and it will be a form of ksiva. So it's just a matter with gallnut juice, then then the, the ink will disappear. 
if the paper is not treated with golden juice, then it is considered a form of ksiva. Okay, a fourth option of what to do if the Adam don't know how to sign. Rapama Babaraik takes saliva, takes spit, and and uh, outline it with spit, and they'll write over the spit. Baroik, and that was a Rapapa practically advised people to use uh, spittle. Spit dries, and then you can't see it anymore. That's the problem. <laughs> so their spit was, uh, they weren't healthy. They spit, they're probably phlegm. It's disgusting. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Tobacco. Yeah. Tobacco. Yeah, they use they use dip. Oh, so we're giving these aces. He's giving these four aces regarding how to sign a get if the Adam don't know how to write. Again, either stencils or gold nut juice or lead or spittle. Says the Gemara, all these are forgotten. Avol bishtaris loy regarding all other documents. No, meaning as the Gemara is going to explain, Rav Shimon felt that all of this are just heterim for a get because to avoid agunas, we want her to be able to have people sign. But for any other document, if you don't know how to write, you cannot be an aid. The Gemara says, "Dahu avid uvda." There was a certain person who signed a, a non-get, meaning a, a loan document, using this method of spittle or, or, or lead, whatever it was. Bishar Shares, V'nagdei Ravkana. Ravkana gave him lashes. Go to the next page. Ravkana gave him lashes because he felt that this is a heter that is dafka for a get. Now the Gemara says the truth is, it's a machlekes tanoim. But Tani Kavazirav, we have a brice of Axav Rav. What's the brice say? Eidim shinyoidim lachtam. You have Eidim who don't know how to sign. Mikan l'necholok. So you take... Uh, a stencil. That's the raya to Rav, because that's the Eitzah of Rav. Now, but look at the Brisa further. Now, this Brisa just says, if Adam don't know how to sign, it doesn't mention Gitin. Seems to be a universal hetter. Comes Rav Shimon, Rav Shimon, Rav Shimon Gamliel, he disagrees. Rav Shimon Gamliel, when are you allowed to help the Adam sign when they don't know how to sign? Is Begite Noshim, is by a get. But all other documents, if they know how to read and write good, and if not, not. So two things you see from Shem Gamliel. First of all, Shem Gamliel is telling you that this is a heter dafka forgotten, as opposed to the Tanakama who seems to universally accept it. Secondly, he en- he mentions, we have this uh, sugya daf gimel dalid, hey, this ripping the di thing, the filling the stencil. This, Daftes, I apologize. So Daftes. So no, 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 no. Daftes. Um, uh, oh, it's one away from, uh, I, I was thinking of a, a camel, a green camel. Green That's camel. what I was thinking. So anyway, so Daftes. green teapot. So, okay, good. So the Gemara says, so I was thinking, so the Gemara says that uh, Roshim Malil is adding two points. First of all, he's adding that it's a head to Dafka for Gittin. Secondly, he mentions the reading thing. Till this point, we're just talking about Adam who can't sign. He says, if you don't know how to read and write, you can't sign. Where does reading come in? What if someone doesn't know how to read, but he knows how to write? I'm sure there are people that you could teach them how to write their name. So wh- wh- why is he mentioning reading? He's the first one to mention it. The Gemara says, Kriya Mandekashma. Who mentioned reading? Why is he mentioning reading? Meaning, till now we're having a problem people don't know how to write their names. Do we help them or not? Rav Shimon says, if you don't know how to read or write, you're out. Where, where does reading come in? So the Gemara says, well, the part of the price was missing. We have this, the same Shachavitari and Daftas. Chasurim Masav Al-Khitani. This is what the Brisa should say. Eidim shinyoidim likrois karlifneim echoismen. The Brisa, the Chum were giving two Eidzes. If you don't know how to read or write, they would help you with the stencil and they would read you the document. To that, Rav Shimon Gamliel says, no. Rav Shimon Gamliel, 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 Rav Shimon G
says, no, you have to be able to both read and write. There's no eights. For, so there's two eights given the Tanakhama, and two eights that Shimon Gamliel does not agree with regarding other, other, other uh, documents. Amr of Elazar, my time is Shemuel. Why is Shemuel only lenient regarding Gitin? The answer is Shloyev and Agunas. It's to protect women from being Agunas. We want the husband is willing to write a get. We don't want her to be stuck. And if he's willing to write a get, and only Adam uh, pr- uh, present are not able to write their names, we want to make it easy for them in order to avoid Aguna issues. Amr Rava, Halacha Kerv Shemuel, the Halacha of Elazar Shemuel, that we only do this for Gitin. Rav Gamda says, no, we don't pass in like Rishim Gamliel, meaning that we allow this by other documents as well. Now here's the problem. The problem is, according to Rav Gamda, we paskin that this is a heter for other documents. Meaning, other documents, you could do the stencil thing. But didn't we say before that Rav Kana lashed somebody for doing it by other documents? So Rav Gamda, so if, if Kana is lashing someone for doing this by other documents, then evidently we don't paskin like... Like, meaning, the Gemara is assuming that Rav Gamda is not going against the actions of Rav Kahana. So if Rav Kahana is lashing someone for using the stencil by other documents, that means we pass like Rav Shem Gamliel, right? Because Rav Gamliel is the one who says it's Dafka for Gin. So how could Rav Gamda say that we don't pass like Rav Shem Gamliel? Meaning we pass like the Rabbonon. I thought Rav Kahana is lashing somebody, which is not like the Rabbonon. So do we pass like the Rabbonon or not? So the Gemara says, Rav Kahana, who apparently was the Moira Hira, he was he was his psak was accepted. Rav Kahana is lashing someone for following the Rabbanon to do the stencil by other shtaris. Sakar of Gamda say that we pass like the Rabbanon. Rav Kahana is lashing people for following the Rabbanon. The answer is Taragama Akriya. No, no, no. Here's the deal. Everyone agrees that we pass like Rav Shemuel that you'll not you won't do the stencil thing. For other documents. And if you do the stencil thing for other documents, you'll get lashes. What did Rav Gamda mean when he says we pass like the Rabbanon? He means regarding reading. Regarding writing, everyone agrees that if you want to sign a loan document, we pass in like Rishon Gamliel. If you don't know how to write your name, we're not going to help you. Regarding reading a loan document, that we pass in like the Rabbanon. Because there's actually two machlaikes in Rabbanon Rishon Gamliel. Regarding Gitin, everyone agrees. Let's go with other documents. Rabbanon feel that you could write another, you could be an aide if you can't read. And you could be an aide if you can't write. Rishim Malil disagrees. He says you can't be an aide if you can't read. You can't be an aide if you don't write. So the question, do we pass like the Rabban Rishim Malil? The answer is, regarding signing, we pass like Rishim Malil. You cannot sign a loan document if you don't have your name. But we pass like the Rabbanon regarding reading. You could be an aide if you can't read. I would think the opposite as well. But I guess it could be um, by Aidim, the, the, the halachic... Uh, the halachic result is being accomplished by the signing itself. So if you don't know how to do that, it is interesting though because we're going to see right now that regarding reading, there's a danger. Because think about it. If I'm, I'm signing a document but I don't know how to read it, so I have to trust that you're telling me the truth. So there is a concern. But the difference is though, there's no halachic as they say in Yeshiva, chalais. Nothing, is, nothing is, is being accomplished by me reading the document. That's just me having knowledge. The writing actually creates the chalais. So I could argue that if someone doesn't know how to do that properly, he's not roy to do the kinyan, to do the actual chalais. That, that, I guess, well, that's, that's for Shem Golel. So the Gemara says, Rav Yehuda mitzdar karvichasim. Rav Yehuda, who's elderly, when he would sign documents, he would like labor himself to read it. His eyesight wasn't good. And he would like mamish like 
hold the paper to, to his face to try to read it so that he knew what was in the document. So the Gemara says, Ula. So Ula said to Rav Yehuda, Don't make yourself crazy. Why? Let someone read it to you. Rav Lazar, who was the Paisik of Eretz Yisrael, Karu Kamei V'chasem. He would have two people just read him the document, then he would just sign on the bottom. So why, just get someone to read it for you. You don't make yourself crazy. Meaning, reading is not an essential part of being an aid. It's just a way to know what's in it. If someone reads it to you, then it's fine. For Rav Nachman, Karu Kamei Safar, the Dainu V'chasem. Rav Nachman similarly would have, uh, would have Dayonim read it to him, and then he would sign. Now, but it says the Gemara, there is the danger that you mentioned, which is, how do you know they're telling you the truth? So the Gemara says, Dafka Rav Nachman Daini. You need to be Rav Nachman, who is the leading Paisik, who there's naturally a fear to lie to him, and you have to, and the people having to read him have to be official Dayonim, because they also will not want to lie to him because of their position. So you need both that the person, the Rav who's signing it, is a big Paisik, the people reading to him are very, very um, uh, um, trustworthy people, because if you have one without the other, then there's a chance that they're lying. And regular people signing? The answer is, according to this Gemara, right. you would not be able to have a regular person sign with someone else reading it to them, because it has to be that the person reads... themselves that they read it, someone says, I read it, and I'm signing... Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, the answer is that... No, but my, my point is that if you want to employ the method where I'm not reading it, I'm just, I'm just going to sign to the bottom, and someone else is going to read it to you, you have to, you have to actually... By the way, just, I'll, let me read one line, I'll tell you something. If you have Rav Nachman and other non-Dayonim who read it to him, or Dayonim, and it's not Rav Nachman, it doesn't work, you need both. Um, there's a shaila in the Paiskim, whether uh, aid, uh, Rabbi Obam uh, wrote to me, certain Hanhagis, when I wrote the Sefer on weddings, right. he wrote me his Hanhagis that he has by weddings. Right. So he's manig to do this, but the truth is, with the evidence, it's not essential. Um, but Rabbi Keller, uh, from, uh, from, uh, passed away from West Ham, said, Kellermer? Kellermer. Kellermer. Uh, so he, I was at a wedding, I, I signed the Ksuba once, that he was the Masada Kedushin. He, he made me sit, he, he, he made me read the entire thing out loud. Both ate them. He made us read the entire Ksuba out loud. Now, um, it was sort of, it was separately. He gave it to me. I read the whole thing. Then he gave it to him. It took a little bit of time, but but he made us read. Rabbi Oldman says he advises people to do that, but it's not essential. The reason why it's not essential, even you see from the sugi, you probably should be reading, is because you could rely on the fact that our Ksubas are basically standard uh, printed nowadays, other than the names and the dates and the location. But the concept of making Adam read what they sign, it, it, it makes sense. Um, yeah, I get, get in for sure. Uh, oh, okay, that makes you sense went, also. You went to your wedding, you didn't have to work. They brought their own Adam. That's, 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 a, that's a smart thing to do as well. Uh, but this would be by Gin, but the truth is it would be by other documents as well. It would be the same concept. Now the Gemara talks about this concept. Rav Papa, we've had earlier in the Masechta David Bar Koshal Kutim. Earlier in the Masechta, whatever daft that is, we had that if the that if the documents come from court system, then it's accepted. If it's a non-get, this is a Mishnah that if it's a, if it's the documents are, are come out from the courts because of Dina the Malchus Dina, which I had Shavuos night, whatever daft Shavuos night, I remember Shavuos night. So Dina Malchus Dina, um, it's accepted. Now here's the problem. So you have this court document that's uh, signed by Kutim that has that um, that's Persian. So it's a, it's a valid document because of the problem is I don't read Persian. So the, the Rabbanim didn't read Persian. So how did he know? So 
it's a valid document that you could use to be goiva achoiv. You just got to know what's in it. So how do you know what's in it? So this is his Eitzah. He would call two kutim privately, not together, because if they're together, they might, they might, um, they might uh, collude with each other. Privately, he has them read it to him, but he makes it in a way, means that they're telling it to you in conversation, meaning not in a way that they know you're relying on them for halachic ruling. You say, hey, um, is this like, you ask a question, like a random question, you know, like the way it comes up, let's say in Kashris, is you want to know if there's a pork flavor in a dish, because pork fell in, you're not sure there's 60, so you get an Eni Yehudi uh, to taste it, but and you ask them, um, you don't want them to know that you're relying on them for halacha, so you say, like, I'm, like, allergic to pork. Do you taste any pork? And then they'll tell you. So that's called Mesih HaVetumah, which is they're telling it to you just more in, in conversation as opposed to, like, edos. So to over here, he would get the two of them casually to read the document to him, tell him what's in it, but Mesih and then... Then he would use it to even collect, to have a lien on the property and, and collect from encumbered property based on this document. That was how he would find out what's in it. The Gemara says, Amr Ravashi, Oh, so Amemar said this concept. Now, this is interesting because I'm going to read it to you and I think the cash will become very clear. Amemar said, This Persian document, that was signed by Jews, you could use it to accept a loan document. Now, let me ask you a question. What this means, it's a Persian document signed by Persian Jews who read Persian. It's fully good. So it says you could use it. So the question is, yeah, well, why not? I mean, what's the what's what's the issue? Um, what exactly is the chiddush that uh, you need me to tell me? What's the what's the problem? It's a Persian document signed by Persian Jews who read Persian. So what's the problem? So the Gemara says, so let's go through the possibilities of what's wrong with this document. We're going to reject each one, and then we're going to be left with the question: Is what's the chiddush? The witnesses, the Jewish witnesses, decide they don't read Persian. The answer is yadi. They do read Persian. But wait a minute. Persian documents were not treated with gold juice, so therefore it was easy to erase it. Veleka. Bidafizan, meaning because if it's not treated with gold juice, then it's not a good document. The answer is it was treated properly. When the halachas is that you need to end the document with a summary of the entire loan in the last line. The answer is, but not, they did that. So, if everything is perfect, what's the chiddush? So the only chiddush is that you can have a loan document in other languages. So, is that a chiddush? So, any language is valid for a document. It doesn't have to be like Lashon HaKadosh. So, Gemara says, but isn't that Pashit? Don't we already know that? It's a Mishnah, Tanina. Get Shekosavu Ivris, Ve'ed of Yavanis, Yavanis Ve'ed of Ivris, Kosher. The halacha is that if a get is written in Hebrew and the witnesses sign in Greek, or Greek and the witnesses sign in Hebrew, it's Kosher, meaning the fact that the witnesses sign a different language it's fine. They could write, they could sign in English as well. So if they could sign in Greek, they could sign in Persian. So what exactly is the Chiddush? So the Gemara says, That Mish is talking about get. So you might think it's dafka by a get to avoid aguna issues that we're going to be lenient to use any other language. Kamash no. Any language is valid. Well, Greek is different. How it could be... A- no, because that's the point. Is it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have any the the same rules of stam of sefer stam that it has to be of sefer Torah, which is 
has rules, Vikasav has to be written in a certain language, which were Marbic Greek. But the point is, it, 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 the Shtaras don't have any of these. That's the point. Shtaras, yeah, it's a funny that they picked that example. Well, oh, why Greek? That's interesting because the truth is, I mean, this is, yeah, I don't know, it's interesting. But the truth is, it, it applies to all languages as well. It doesn't, there's no requirement for it to be in a specific language. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not, it doesn't have any of the halachas of Islam that has to be in any other language. Um, so the Gemara said like this, just finish up the daf. Uh, the Gemara says, Amr Shmuel. It's an interesting halacha. Nosla gir chalak. Okay. A husband hands his wife an empty paper, which they look at it and it seems to be empty. And, okay, so it seems to be empty. And as he hands it to her, he says, this is your get. So what's the halacha? Migureshes. She's divorced. Why? Perhaps it's written with gold juice and it's a little faint and it's absorbed, but it was written properly and it just faded over time. Now here's the strange thing. The strange thing over here is you're handing him a paper that has nothing on it. I understand if there's writing and you didn't have a chance to read it, that maybe it's a get, maybe it's not. He says it's a get, fine. But there's no writing here. What? The fact that he says that it's a get, how does that make it anything? It has to be some indication. So the Gemara says, Kasha. The Gemara says, Mesi have a Kasha. Right? A guy hands his wife a get, and he says, this is your get. Now, before she reads it, in her rage, she burns it. So she, in her rage, does not read it. She just takes the paper with the document. Now, by the way, you can see there's writing on it, but she just throws it in the fire. What's the halacha? Then he comes back and he's like, that wasn't a get. That was just a receipt from Wasserman's. I was just messing with you. Or, or it's, it was a loan document. So what's the halacha? He's divorced. Once he said it's a get, the Edom saw there was writing on it. Now we have no way of going back. Once you said it's a get, it's a get. And the halach is like Kalim and Allah, and he has no ability to undo the get. Now, have the mechanism of how this is working, we'll, we'll get to later on. But you see over here, it's a document, claimed it's a get in front of two Edom. So that's enough. Now, what, why, why? But over here, at least there's writing. <laughs> it's not an, a blank paper. The Gemara says, time to kiksav. At least over there, there's writing. So at least what he says there's some corroboration to his story. But if there's no writing on the document, it's an empty document, then how could you say maybe there was letters there at some point? That doesn't make any sense. Sigmar says, you're right. The case of Shmuel where it's empty paper, it just means, it doesn't mean you're divorced based on the empty paper. It means you have to put the paper in water and see if letters comes out. So the Gemara says, if letters come to the surface, that means it's a get. And if nothing comes out, nothing. But here's the kasha. So you give the paper, give it in front of witnesses, says it's a get. And then you take it and put it in paper, letters come out. So the kasha is, even if it's, even if it's, um, even if letters come out, but they weren't, letters are coming out now. What does it matter that they're coming out now? It doesn't make it a ksav before. It, the second the letters are gone in the paper, there's no ksav, right? It's gone. The fact that letters come out now doesn't make it a ksav from before. So the Gemara says, Shmuel nami chayshin kamer. Shmuel does not mean that, Shmuel was just concerned that maybe it was not fully absorbed. Meaning, if letters are fully absorbed in the paper to the point where it's blank, it's not a get. Even if the letters subsequently come out, that's a later issue. That doesn't mean that it was a ksav from before. There has to have been a ksav at the time of the Mesira. Shmuel just meant that maybe it should be a divorce where chayshinon, not that it's a full divorce that she would, um, not a full divorce, but it mean enough of a divorce that she wouldn't do yibam, right? Meaning if the husband dies. 
what's the what is it based on? Maybe the letters were not fully faded. That's what Shmuel meant. Maybe when the Adam looked at it and it looked blank, it just looked blank, but it was not fully blank. Meaning if it was fully blank mamish, so that the point that there are no letters and they only come out in the water later on, that's nothing. But Shmuel was just saying, uh, maybe it's a divorce because perhaps the letters were not fully gone, they were just faded. Huh? No, so, meaning Shmuel's point is that even if you don't see anything right now, the fact that the letters come out, which means they were there, we're afraid maybe they were faded and you just didn't notice it, or you just like, you did like a quick scan and you didn't really focus, it looked blank, but if you were really look at it, you would see the outlines of the letters. The fact that the letters comes out, which means there's letters the whole time, it's not that you're actually divorced, you would have to do another get, but it means it's enough of a divorce that you wouldn't do yibum. Okay, just to finish up the daf, the Gemara is Am Ravina Amr Lamei Marhochi Amr Meshed Ramab Hanebei Trade Diav Gita Kamayu Tzichlo Mikre. Halacha is that if two witnesses, uh, a husband gives a get in front of two witnesses, they have to read the get to make sure that it's actually a get and not a receipt. So Gemara says, Wait a minute, you have to read it. We had the price before Hareze what was the case that we had before? Someone hands his wife a divorce. She takes it and instantly throws it out and it gets and burns it. Right? She instantly burns it. Then the husband later says, That was a that was a loan document. It was a receipt. I was just messing with you. What's the halacha? She's divorced. The very fact that he can claim what it is means they never read it. Right? Because if they read it, then then he can't say it's a, a wasaman's receipt because we read it. The Gemara says, if they them have to read it. Then, then how could he even claim? Like, how could it, we don't believe his claim anyway? But how could his claim even be thought to be believed to say that it was that it was uh, that it was a Wasserman's receipt or a, a loan document? If we had to read it, I don't understand. So the Gemara says, no, you do have to read it. So how could he even potentially claim it? The case is as follows: He, he hands it to the witnesses before he gives it over. He says, read it. They read it. It's a get. Then before he hands it. He's David Copperfield. He puts it in his sleeve and then he takes it out. The question is, by him putting it in the sleeve and taking it out, are we chayshish that he had another document so when he claims that it's a loan, we don't believe him. But the question, how could he even claim it? They read it. The answer is, because it was out of, it was up his sleeve for a moment. So the question is, when he claims that it's a loan document, do we believe that he did a switcheroo? To that, the Gemara says, Maud, this save Afke. He put in a sleeve after, and then he took it out to give it to the wife. Mao, the same, you might think, that he did a switch, and really, it is a loan document or a receipt. Kamash, well, no. They read it. So that's the case. So it's not just like, you know, claiming. They read it. They saw it's a get. Now he claims he switched around. No, 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 no. We, 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 we read it. We said. Now, one last case. One last case. We'll end with this. The Gemara says, There was a person... He threw a get to his wife. Now, he says it's a get, he throws it. Now, it goes, it goes between the barrels. She goes to the barrels. She doesn't find a get. She finds a mezuzah. So there's two options of what happened here. Either he only threw her a mezuzah, and she's not actually divorced, or he threw her a get. The get was eaten by a, a rat, and the mezuzah happened to have been here. So the question is, so she said, he, he says, this is a get, and he throws it. She goes there, she doesn't find a get, she finds a mezuzah. So the question is... What's the she got the get. No, it's in her domain. She owns the seller. So the question is, was there a get here at all? 
it a little bit has to do with our discussion before of whether the Edim have to read it. So was there a get here at all? So she, so he finds she finds just a mezuzah. So the question is, is it that there was a get that was thrown there that was erased, that was eaten by a, a rat, and just coincidentally there's a mezuzah here, or he threw a mezuzah. And by the way, the kind of proof that he probably threw a mezuzah, is it normal to have a mezuzah lying in a cellar floor? No. So the Gemara says... It's not normal to have a mezuzah between the barrels, meaning the fact that it's there indicates that that's what he threw. Because it's not like she's like, oh, another mezuzah found again. Uh, must be, mastama, that's what he threw. But says the Gemara, but what if she, he throws a get? He says it's a get, he throws. She goes there, she doesn't find the get, but she finds three mezuzahs. So if she finds three mezuzahs, then indi- she obviously has a mezuzah problem, in which case the fact that the get's not there doesn't mean that he didn't throw it. Kenzan, he threw it, and it was eaten by a rat. So the Gemara says, They found two or three mezuzahs then. The fact that this one mezuzah was present means it means the mezuzah was also present before. It means it could be the mezuzahs were there before. So, so how is there no other document? The answer is, Maybe a, a weasel ate the get, and perhaps she actually is divorced. I guess Misafik, I don't think she's actually fully divorced, but Misafik uh, would treat her as a divorced person, maybe to not have Yibam. All right, we'll stop here. My pleasure.